My name is Keila Fowler, and this is the Loves to Chat podcast. I'm the founder and CEO of a makeup education company called 85 Beauty, but I have a lot of identities. And since they're all going to be running wild here, let me introduce you to some of them. Daughter, friend, sister, aunt, former teacher, makeup artist, geriatric millennial. Oh, why do they even call us that? And so much more. On the Loves to Chat podcast, I'm going to be talking about the hopes and dreams we had for our lives as kids and how we reconcile them with the adult lives we currently live day to day. If you're ready to have some company as you go on the grocery run, wash the dishes, commute to work, are we still doing that? Or wherever you find yourself, let's chat. Welcome back to the podcast. It has been a while if you've been listening in real time. If you are a new listener, hi, hello, welcome. And we're going to jump into today's episode, which may be a little different than what we've been used to. Um, but it's y'all like I just it's real. Like it is what it is. So have you ever gotten off track or fallen out of routine and then getting back felt impossible? I feel like people who know me a bit, but like maybe don't really know me super well, would be shocked or confused to hear me say this, but I really struggle with this. I really feel like I, I have a really, really hard time getting back into routine or like getting back on track once things have gone awry and the reason that this may be like confusing or shocking for people is because of how I present especially professionally so like if you've worked with me before you're probably like um say what because I'm organized right I make checklists I hold tight to my routines but here's why There's always a reason behind these things, right? When those routines break, I break. It's like I'm a carousel that has fallen into disrepair and the original manufacturers don't make the parts anymore. Like I become frozen with what to do and the idea of getting back into routine feels like a mountain I am incapable of climbing. I've had the same conversation over and over with one friend after another recently, and here's what we've all been saying. I am overwhelmed. Literally, I am saying that. My friends are saying that. People on Instagram are saying that, right? Like, we're just all overwhelmed. So we're gonna get into that. We're gonna get into where I've been and what's been going on. And hopefully this will help you feel a little less alone if you've been feeling similarly. Okay, so first things first. I lost my job. I got laid off and suddenly fell into the deepest of spirals. 
I just made the biggest financial commitment of my entire life two weeks prior when I closed on my first house. Now, this is supposed to be, it's what I've been saying to all of my friends and a dear friend of mine gave me really good advice to like not be so focused on like what I, what my expectations are of this experience and to allow myself to feel what I feel, which is not something I'm very good at, (laughs) but I thought it was going to be like just the greatest, most exciting, most exhilarating experience of my life to buy my house. And That's not how it was, right? It was after weeks of stressing, right? Worrying about if everything was going to be finalized and then being excited and anxious. Finally, as the date got closer, I received the keys, I signed the papers and my dream was solidified. I was a homeowner, like break out the champagne, throw the confetti, it happened, it's real. After all this time, after all of that saving, like it, it's, it's happened. That excitement lasted about three days. <laughs> really, it lasted about three days and then the house concerns began. I realized that the carpets were more worn than I first thought and I was suddenly really, really concerned. I hadn't budgeted for carpet, so I spent a lot of time and energy, more than I expected, stressing out about trying to finance new carpeting before my looming move-in date. Spoiler alert, I didn't get the new carpets, and let me just say, like, we don't talk about carpet around here. It's a sore subject, we're gonna let it be. So please do not ask me about the carpets. I can't talk about it, it's the whole thing. I'm only bringing it up to paint the picture of being so happy and joyful and then like the stress tsunami hitting me literally days after the fact. Little did I know that was going to become an insignificant worry because two weeks later I was laid off from my job. And the first week after that happened, it was a bit like having a week of snow days. Now, being a former teacher, a snow day is one of the single greatest things that can happen to you. I always tell people, I'm like, there's a reason I live in the Northeast. First of all, because I can deal with the climate and the weather. Second of all, because you get snow. And why would I want to teach somewhere where you don't have bonus gifts from God that are called snow days? Because a snow day means you don't have to prep anything and you don't have to make up anything. It is free. As a teacher, you don't have to do anything to earn it. You don't have to make it up. You don't have to make any lesson plans. You literally just get to be. It's not like taking a day off. A day off for a teacher is not a day off. It's it's like, um, I can't think of the word right now, but it is purgatory. That's the word. <laughs> Not to be confused with Purgatory, which is my favorite coffee place in Middletown, Connecticut. But no, it is Purgatory because you now have to plan for what's going to happen every moment that you are not in the classroom with your children, 
hope that the sub actually follows the plan. Spoiler alert, that doesn't really happen. And then when you come back, review what did or didn't happen, and then essentially teach everything that was supposed to be taught while you weren't there. It's not fun, but a snow day is great for everybody. It is a wonderment. I am so thrilled by a snow day. And so that first week after being laid off was kind of like a week of snow days. There was nothing for me to do. I didn't have to, like, I didn't have to plan anything. I didn't have to prep anything. All of the concerns I had at work that I was like, oh, what about this? And I was preparing for that. There are no meetings. There's no, I don't have to worry about that. It's not my job anymore. It's not my responsibility anymore. It felt kind of freeing. Like, okay, great. Here I am. I made plans with friends. I painted more of my house. I caught up on sleep. But that lasted about five days before the lack of plans wore me out because y'all I am a planner and suddenly I was looking ahead with no plans no job and a mortgage that needs to be paid I also had to pack so that I could move enter chaos I don't know about you but I really struggle with competing priorities in my life. In other people's lives, I can divide and conquer. The Tetris pieces more easily just slide into place. I can see a clear path forward. Here we go. Let's do it this way or do it that way. All of the opportunities and all of the different choices just kind of float into my vision and I can see it. In my life, Jesus take the wheel. But also, could you tell me where we're going? How many bathroom stops there's going to be at an estimated time of arrival? Like, how does faith not work like that, by the way? I would really, really love to have like a little, just a little, a little more, a little more understanding of this like, oh, God's in control and trust his, he's got a plan. I'm like, that's great. Could you just share some of the plan with me? Like. Okay, well, that's another conversation for another time. So fast forward about six weeks, and I've moved into my house. There are still boxes and luggage filled with who knows what, and every flat surface within an inch of its life is covered with stuff. And I am frozen. Well, I mean, a little less so, but still. My mind questions every action. Well, Key, if you have time to unpack this box, shouldn't you be working on another job application? Every time I walk into my kitchen and I see blue painter's tape, I question whether or not I truly am done painting since the coat number two never happened since I got hit with the sickness. Oh yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I refuse to say its name, but yeah, that happened. The sickness finally got me two weeks before the move-in just to make things even more interesting. Which means there are a couple of rooms that were supposed to be painted that are not painted. And I now don't even know like where to slot the painting into the schedule because do I unpack everything and then paint? Do I paint while everything is in disarray? because the whole plan was that I was supposed to paint 
everything and then move in and there'd be no painting left to do. Joke's on me, my plans have been blown into smithereens and that is how my life is right now. I walk into my office, my office which is dope by the way, like reason for buying this fabulous house. And I think you could have, you could have this unpacked by now. But then I think about the fact that I'm the only person who is seeing this mess, but not having a job is the true mess that needs tending to. So who cares about an office right now? It is exhausting. I am exhausted by all of the competing thoughts. I'm exhausted by the decision fatigue of having to decide what do I even want to do as my next job? Do I want to stay in business coaching? Do I want to go back to education? Do I want to like double down on my makeup education company? What do I want to do? I don't have the answers and not having the answers is exhausting. And so I do what we all do, right? Like you got to reconnect with your friends. You have to look to your friends for a reprieve. Like I can't handle my own life. Let me be present in my friends' lives, right? Like let me check in on my people. How are they doing? How, how, like, let's spend some time together. Just some time to not focus on the me, me, me of it all and be with the people that I love. And here's the greatest shock of my life. They're stressed too. They have kids battling health issues. They have financial stresses that won't let up. The start of back to school about to take over their calendars and their pockets. We are all overwhelmed. And I struggle with this same question. How do you move forward when the path disappears in front of you? I don't know. I never watched that movie. What's that movie with Harrison Ford? Um, Indiana Jones, right? Like I have multiple times heard people mention that movie and how there's like this scene where like he's supposed to step forward and then like the path like reveals itself or something. I don't know because I haven't seen the movie. So like that means nothing to me. I can picture it. I get it in theory, but like I'm never stepping forward with nothing. That's not who I am. So like jokes on everybody. I, I don't know how you move forward when the path disappears in front of you. I wish that I had an answer, but I don't. I'll like all I have is what I have recognized so far. And I have only recognized this because I had to do something and I didn't realize I was doing something. I thought this step right now of recording this podcast was my first step and I'm wrong. So here's some of the micro steps that I think are going to be helpful. I think they're already helpful and we're just going to see. When my routine falls apart, I have to get back on it one bit at a time. First step, the first micro step was painting my nails. Now, it may seem strange. Why, why painting your nails? Like, what does that have to do with anything? I paint my nails every week and I had not done so for about 
three weeks, which means I have had three weeks of chaos just in that one area of my life. Y'all, the whole thing is chaos right now, but especially because it's my hands, right? Like if you think about it, if you're somebody who pays attention to manic, like giving yourself a manicure, getting manicures, whatever, like your hands looking nice. I've spent so much time taping boxes, ripping boxes, painting, putting painter's tape. Like my hands have been in everything. I've annihilated them. And I have been so stressed and worried that painting my nails has been the last thing that I have wanted to do or needed to do because I'm going to mess them up anyway. Who cares has been my thought process. And the concern about that is the answer has always been, I care. I care a lot, which is why I paint my nails every week. So the fact that I stopped caring was a concern. And I know that this may not be the same for everyone, but the little things that I care about, like when I stop caring about them, that's a concern that like things are really off. And so last Sunday, I painted my nails, which means I also trimmed my nails, right? I filed them down. I, you know, I used cuticle oil, right? <laughs> like, but what I'm telling you is that I painted my nails and I felt a fraction more like myself when I have it all together or feel, that's what it is, when I feel like I have it together. You know what I'm saying? The second micro step happened a couple days later and it was putting some makeup on my face, which seems ridiculous because I own a makeup education company. I talk about makeup all the time, but I had not put makeup on in about two months. I'm saying like not even a swipe of lipstick nothing. First, it's been too hot. Like the the amount of sweat that has dripped down my face day after day after day is like more than I can handle, let alone talk about. But I've also just been too stressed to give a crap about what my face looks like. Even though what my face looks like is a direct connection to how I feel. And that was another real big concern. Why don't I care about makeup? Why did I move into my house and every other time I've moved, the first thing I want to set up is my makeup vanity. And my makeup vanity sat untouched for at least a week. That's a concern. So I sort of set up my makeup vanity. It's not all the way there, but it's closer. And I put some makeup on my face. Micro step number three was writing the outline for today's episode. Enough weeks have passed with me beating myself up about not putting out a new episode and feeling terrible about it. Because here's the thing, I know about myself and I wonder if you're the same. This is like, this is the thing that really got me. When I'm uncertain, overwhelmed, and out of routine, I get small. I hide. 
I don't want to be seen. I don't want to be witnessed. I just want to be in a bubble by myself until I figure it out. Are you that way too? What I find so stupid about this <laughs> is that it doesn't actually change anything. But I've recognized that like it's my default setting that I just want to cloak myself in darkness so that I can't be seen and I can just figure out the puzzle and then come out like a shiny penny, like all put together and back on track and as if nobody noticed that I had disappeared. And so, recording a new episode for myself and for you listening is like one more micro step towards getting out of that bubble. None of these steps were planned out. I just want to be really clear about that. There is no checklist here. I have no real plan. I'm just trying to stay the course. What is the course, by the way? I don't know. Like, the course is you need a job, so you keep applying for jobs. You keep, you stay on the job search. Like, that's all I have right now. That's all I can do, right? I'm still just as stressed out about this job hunt, but I know at least this much at this point. Sitting alone and being quiet isn't living. It's just being miserable. I always end this podcast saying, let's live our lives in a way that would make the little kids in us proud. And so I ask myself, would little Keila Fowler be proud of me? And this current trajectory of taking little steps, like one by one to get back on track, regardless of not knowing exactly what or where that track is, that gives me hope that the answer is yeah, she would be. She'd be proud of me. So let's do that. I'm trying and that's the best any of us can do. And if you're trying to, I see you, good on you, like just keep going even if you don't know where you're going. I feel like we might be able to get wherever that's supposed to be together. So as always, I'd love to hear from you. Like go to, go to the Instagram at loves to chat, leave me a comment. Have you been feeling lost or overwhelmed? Is there a micro step that you can take today to feel a bit closer to being back on track? Let's talk about it. Let's stop being in our bubbles by ourselves, just feeling crappy, and let's try to get somewhere better. Make sure to subscribe to Loves to Chat and share it with your friends, and I will chat with y'all next week, or maybe even sooner. Bye, y'all. Thanks so much for listening to the Loves to Chat podcast. New episodes for the summer series come out every Wednesday. Make sure to subscribe to the Loves to Chat podcast on whatever platform you prefer to listen to podcasts. Leave a comment on this episode and let me know what resonated with you, made you laugh, 
or is going to have you thinking for the rest of the day. Follow me on Instagram at Keela Fowler, spelled K-E-E-L-A-F-O-W-L-E-R. Now let's go out there and live our lives in such a way that it would make the little kids in us proud. I'll see you next week.